Lord of glory. We humbly stand today. We're grateful for your loving kindness because it's better than life. We adore you. You are good. You've been good and you've been faithful to us all our life. We honor you this day. We praise you this day. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing of our great Redeemer's love. Who is like unto you, O Lord, who reigns on high, who humbles himself to behold the things in heaven and on earth. He raises up the poor out of the dust. He lifts the needy out of the dunghill, that he may set him with princes, even the princes of his people. Oh, from the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. We praise you this day. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Well, turn to your neighbor and say, I think you're losing weight this Christmas. I meant, I meant prophesy. I meant prophesy. <laughs> well, we've already heard uh, the thank yous and the appreciation, but of course, Carol and I can't thank the team enough. Um, we had over 100 volunteers that made yesterday happen. And uh, some of those volunteers, honestly, could have been performing at Carol's in the Domain. That, that caliber, that quality, just phenomenal. And yet, the whole motive for performing uh, and playing and all of it was to just to, to make Jesus known to people, to make him known in our community and uh, such pure motives. And so we're just so blessed and so grateful. I just, I don't know if I've ever seen, you know, so much gifting in, in one small place in my whole life. It's just phenomenal. And it's really also, I want to uh, thank Mitch. You know, he, Mitch came to me about seven months ago, and he said, Pastor Jack, what do you want to do for Christmas this year? And I said, oh, Mitch, what do you want to do? And um, I said, look, why don't you come up with something? And uh, I said, last year, you know, we, we did the outside thing. And I said, why don't you just come up with something and let me know what you came up with? Well, good on you, Mitch. <laughs> Good on you, mate. <laughs> what a joy for Carol and I to have a team like this around us. Now, let me ask you a question this morning. What if today is more than just a talk? What if this is more than sermon number 51 in 2022? What if today the Lord were to bring something to us that literally changed our life? What if God put a key in our hand today that would be more valuable than the key to a new Mercedes or a, or a nice new home even? Or, or, or what, if, what if today we were going to hear something that literally would transform our marriage or our family or our life or our, our single life? What if... 
What if today God said something to our heart and to our soul that changed everything or that fixed everything? What if that happened today? So I'm going to share his word with us because his word has the power to do just that. And if the Lord puts a key to your life, for your life, in your hand, don't walk in the door after church and just throw it on the dresser. Take that key and go start this thing up and begin to drive this new way, live this new way, walk in this new way, because God's word is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. And I'm praying that today will be more than just a good talk. I'm praying God will unlock something for you and every relationship in your life. So would you reach your hand out towards me, please? Father, the joy of my life is to stand before your cherished church. And I declare I cherish her too, and I am her as well. And I ask now, Lord, as we gather around your table, that we could possibly eat something from your word, from your food, from your banquet, that could literally change everything, that could bring a new health to us, a new height to our life. Holy Spirit, I ask you to do that. I believe some people today will leave here and know that they have met God at a crossroad and their life will never be the same. I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. First John chapter four and verse 18. There is no room in love for fear. No room at all. There's just no room. There's no room for fear in love. When love is in the room, there's no room for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. And since fear is crippling, a fearful life, a fear of death, fear of judgment, it, a fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment, is one not yet fully formed in love. So love and fear in the same room just doesn't work. Just doesn't work. And the Good News Bible translation says it this way. It says, there is no fear in love. Perfect love. This word perfect we've been using in our series of mature manhood. Teleos. This is the same word. Mature love, perfect love, love that is grown, love that is not just, you know, novice love, but love that is grown. Complete love, perfect love, drives out all fear. Drives out all fear. This is the Greek word ekbalo. And it's a, it's a militant word. It's a, it, it means drive out, thrust out, throw out, cast out. It means like we're not messing around here, kind of. This, this is what love does to fear. So a love-filled life it's where we truly begin to live a fearless life. A room, whether it be your living room or your office or this room right here, a room that is filled with love will not tolerate fear because fear just, they just, they do not play well together. Love, like Steve was talking about. Love is the foundation for a courage culture. The more I love, the less I fear. When love 
drives in, fear is driven out. Love, King, the New King James Version says, love casts out fear. Ekbalo, it casts it out. Doesn't tolerate it. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I quote that scripture every day. The older I get, the more I quote it. God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and uh, 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 no, something. Sound, sound mind, sound mind, hallelujah. But look at here. Not fear, but love. Not fear, but love. And then when the Lord in the Old Testament spoke to Daniel, the prophet, he said this to him in Daniel chapter 10 and verse 19. How's that looking on that screen? Does anybody want to buy me that screen? We've rented it. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Daniel 10 and verse 19. And he said, this is what the Lord says to Daniel. Oh man, greatly beloved, watch, fear not. Greatly beloved, fear not. See, they just, they're, just not, they're just not compatible. Oh man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you. Be strong, be strong. Daniel said, so when he spoke to me, I was strengthened. And I said, let my Lord speak for you have strengthened me. Love cancels fear. Love cancels fear. Love saps fear of its power. Love is kryptonite to fear. To live a fearless life, I do not need to understand what fear is. I need to understand what love is. Because love trumps it, triumphs over it, won't tolerate it, casts it out. And so what I really need to get good at is not knowing what fear is, but knowing what love is. Because love, love, to live a fearless life, I need to understand what love is. Because love precludes, secludes, excludes, and concludes fear. Man, I had fun writing that. I, I, okay, I, just, just, because, just because some of you are not going to listen to this again. <laughs> love precludes, secludes, excludes, and concludes fear. All right, enough of that. But to know love is to not know fear. Our theme all year has been fearless. Our theme all year has been creating a courage culture. But to know love is to not fear. So, what is love? What is love? If you go to Google and type, love is dot, 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 you have no idea how many pages and pages of all kinds of stuff you are going to get. Love is romance. Love is passion. Love is feeling. Love is a thought. Love is a game. Love is blind. Love is irresistible. Love is all around. Love is in the air. Love is a fire. Love is a force. Love is something you fall into or out of, like your chair. <laughs> but according 
to God, who, by the way, is love. According to God and according to his word and according to the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Corinthian church, this is what love is. Love is kind and love is patient it's what it is it's what it is this is the purest clearest finest truest definition of love there is and in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 those 13 verses four of those verses 4 through 7 we, we, read, we read something like nothing else that's ever been written. Here's what the Apostle Paul says. This is what the Word of God says. This is what the Holy Spirit said through the Apostle Paul. Love is. This is what it is. It is patient and kind. Watch. Love isn't. Oh, come on now. Love is. Patient and kind. Love isn't jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not. So love is and love isn't. And it love does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Watch. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. And then you go right down to the 13th verse of that 13th chapter, and Paul makes this most amazing, regal statement that will ring forever. Paul says this, three things will last forever faith hope and love and the greatest of these is love everything you need to know about the greatest thing there is are in these four verses love is love isn't Love does, love doesn't. What love is, what love is not, what love does and what love does not. My quality of love depends upon my knowledge of love, my, my, my knowing, my, my knowledge of love. My standing in love depends on my understanding of love. I can't love well if I don't know what love is and isn't. I can't do love if I don't know what love does and what love doesn't. You can say, I love you all day long, but it don't mean a thing if you don't have a clue. You can be 
rude and crude, dude, and say, oh, well, she knows I love her. You're wrong. I'm wrong. Because that's not what love is. She knows you love her because you're kind and patient. Patient means long-suffering. And the longer you've been married, the more you understand that word. <laughs> it means slow to anger. That's how she knows, and that's how those kids know. Not because, well, they know I love them, even though I'm a rude, crude dude. Love isn't what you say it is. Love is what God says it is. Oh, well, I love her. You don't have a clue. I love them. They know I love them. Ah. Now, here is what you and I need to know about love. Whether it's my wife or my kids, whether it's my neighbor or a stranger, here's what you and I need to know about love. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of the wrongs done. It does not rejoice in injustice. It rejoices when truth wins out. Love never gives up never loses faith. It's always hopeful. It endures through every circumstance. These four verses, these are the four forever verses. These are the four verses that forever describe the greatest thing there ever is that will live forever, that will last forever. And in these four verses are 15 eternal truths. 15 eternal truths in these four verses about the greatest thing there is and the thing that will last forever. And this isn't kind of a new thought in the New Testament about love is kind and patient. Paul wrote to the Ephesians something very similar when he said in chapter 4 and verse 2, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other making allowances for each other's faults. That's your fault. That's my, it's his fault. It's her fault. It's her, no, no, making allowances for each other's faults. Why? Because of your love. So, love is two things. It's kind and it is patient. Love isn't five things. It's not boastful, it's not proudful, and it's not irritable, and it's not rude, and it's not jealous. Love does five things. This is what love does. It rejoices whenever the truth wins. It never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful, and it endures every circumstance. And love hangs in there. Love doesn't let go. Love holds on. I saw a couple weeks ago an old rocker from the 1980s was inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just in November of this year. 
1983, which half of the congregation wasn't born in 1983 when Pat Benatar sang her most famous song called Love is a Battlefield. Love is a battlefield. And anyone who has ever held on for someone would probably agree a little bit. And that's why love never gives up and never loses faith and is always hopeful and endures every situation. Love is two things. Love isn't five things. Love does five things. And love doesn't three things. It doesn't demand its own way. It keeps no record of being wronged. And it doesn't rejoice about injustice. So here we have these 15 eternal truths in these four verses about the greatest thing that there is that will last forever and ever. Love is, love isn't. Love does, love doesn't. Love acts and reacts this way. Scriptures teach us that love is not subjective, but objective. In other words, love is more than a feeling. It's a function. It can be described. It can be recognized. It can be seen. It's more than just hormones. This is what love is. This is how love lives. Four verses that teach us everything we need to know about love. So, who do you love? Who are you kind to and patient with? Who do you love? Who are you not boastful or proudful or irritable or rude or jealous with? Who's that person? Who do you love? Who do you never give up on, never lose faith in, and are always hopeful for and endure every circumstance with? Who do you love? Who do you not demand your own way with? Who do you never keep records of the wrongs they've done? Who do you never rejoice at any injustice over? Because family, this is what love is and isn't. And this is what love does and doesn't. Who do you love? And how do they know that you love them? Because you tell them? Or because you're kind and slow to anger with them? How do they know? How do they know you love them? Because of what you say? Or because you're not proud or rude or boastful or irritable or jealous with them? How do they know they are loved by you? Because of your words? Or because they know that you never give up and never lose faith and are always hopeful for and endure every circumstance with them? 
Who do you love? And how do they know? Because you say so? Or because you do not demand your own way and you never keep a record of their wrongs or rejoice at any injustice? Love is the greatest thing you will ever do in your entire life. As a matter of fact, before Paul teaches in verse 4 through 7 what love is, isn't, does, doesn't, he takes the first three verses of 1 Corinthians 13 and wants us to understand how mega important, more important than anything else, more unbelievably more than any accomplish, any, any brilliance, any, any artistry, any, uh, you couldn't even, if you put it all together, Paul's explaining in those first three verses how nothing, everything is without love. And here, here's what he says, verse one, two, and three. If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels but didn't love others I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal if I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secrets oh think of the books I could write and if, what if I possessed all knowledge, E equals MC squared, and other stuff? <laughs> and if I could move mountains with my faith, what if I could make Mount Pleasant become Mount Rushmore? No. I would be... My kids don't know I don't I love them. If my wife doesn't know my church, if my life, if I would be nothing. Nothing. And if I gave everything I had to Westcare, poor missions, and even sacrificed my body. Look, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained. greatest thing you will ever do in your life is love. And everything you need to know about love are in four verses that contain 15 eternal truths that will last forever. I'll ask the team to come. Today, we have learned that love is fear intolerant, that love casts out fear, that love cancels fear, that love thumps fear, trumps fear, triumphs over fear. If you want to live a fearless life, fill a room with love. If you want love, if you want fear to go out of a room, just bring love into the room. They do not play well together. They do not cohabitate 
together. We've learned today how powerful love is and that it casts out fear and that it is the foundation of a courage culture and a fearless life. We don't focus so much on not being afraid. We focus on being love and loving. So we've learned that today. We've looked at that today. We've also learned that love is greater than faith and hope and it's going to last forever. Forever. And we've looked at the amazing revelation of what love is. How simple and pure. How uncomplicated. We, we, we think love is so complicated. No, it's just our thoughts about, not the true love, not what love really is. It's not complicated. It's not complicated at all. We've learned what love is and isn't. It's two things. We've learned what love is, two things, and what love isn't, five things. We've learned what love doesn't, another five things. And we've learned what love does, three things. Here's 15 things. How important would they be for you? How important would it be for you to know these 15 things like you know 15 other things that aren't near as important? I mean, maybe it would be a good idea to, you know, put four cards on your computer or your, maybe your refrigerator. <laughs> love is these two things and love isn't these five things and love does these five things and love doesn't these three things because love is the greatest thing you will ever do. We've learned that nothing we do or accomplish in our life matters. I don't care how big you build it. I don't care how many zeros are behind it in the account. I don't care how much you bought it. I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm telling you right now, nothing else is as important as love. You loving. You, you loving. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning because this could be talk 51. Could be talk 51. In 2022, could be. Or it could be something more. It could be something that changes everything. It could be the key to your marriage or to your children or to your family or to your ministry to your neighborhood or to your work or to your office these are not my words I'm convicted under the weight of these words these are my words I'm going oh my goodness Lord these are God's words and God's words are powerful God's words are quick and sharp and like a two-edged sword and they're life-giving and God's words can cut away that which needs to be cut away and God's word can establish what needs to be established God's word can build what's been broken and torn down would you bow your head in maybe a place of just contemplation and just maybe distraction and it's amazing how we all can be in this room together and yet each one could find our own space and place personally with God right here and right now. 
Who do you love? Who do you love? And how do they know? You just can't rant and rave and live unto yourself and pretend like you love people. Who do you love? Heavenly Father, I ask you to take me to another place with this word. Lord, I, I can say I love you and feel like I mean it a hundred times and feel like I mean it with all of my heart, but I need to know what love is. And it's not just me with a feeling. So I thank you today for what love is. It's the greatest thing. It's going to last forever. And it's patient and it's kind. And I pray that I would be a loving man that I would be a patient and a kind man. And I'm almost scared to pray that. I'm scared to pray that. Because there's just people I don't want to be patient with. There's just people I don't want to be kind to. Help me. And then, Lord, those that are in my life, my family, my team, my friends, those that mean the world to me, those that have made my life so rich in so many ways. Pure gold. I pray that I would understand what love is as I love them. And that they would know I love them not just because I say it. I pray my wife would know I love her not just because I say it. I pray my children, my grandchildren would know Paul loves them but not just because I say it. Holy Spirit, take us by the hand and lead us into this place, this greatest place of the greatest thing that will ever be a part of our life, and that is love. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.